Last week I spoke about Father God being a gardener. And being a gardener, he has to tend and care for his garden. And so part of that's pruning, pruning and cutting. And we jumped into a whole bunch of stuff. But one of the Google searches I did, if you can recall, for those that were here about pruning and cutting, was this. Pruning is a selective removal of parts of a plant that are not needed. It involves the cutting parts of a branch shorter or off altogether. And the reason for that is it removes dead wood and prepares the plant for a harvest. It helps improve both the quality and quantity of fruit. Pruning prevents breakage under the weight of external elements and will ultimately help determine the productivity and longevity of the fruit. And then one of the passages that, we, that I honed in on last week was John 15 too, where it reads, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. And so we came to the conclusion that whether we produce fruit or not produce fruit, we're going to get cut anyway. Yeah? The pain's coming anyway. Yeah? yeah, we got that? Remember that? Good, I'm glad. And we shared that pruning, when it comes to trees and stuff, and if you can liken this for yourself, it improves health and strength. It actually helps the tree to develop a structure. So for us, when the storms of life comes, we're actually, when we've been pruned, we're actually able to withstand those storms better. And it improves the appearance of the tree. It makes the tree look good. Yeah? So when we're pruned in our life, it actually makes our spiritual life look good. At the end of the day, pruning process helps us to grow in his character yeah? and in his appearance. It makes us more like him. So it's for our good. Amen? All right. And the reason I had to rehash that is I just need to lay a small foundation for what I wanted to talk about today because during the course of the week, I had a conversation with a brother in the church after that particular message, just about it, some stirrings of their heart and what God was saying and what God was doing. And it just started to unpack some other stuff, yeah? And even some things that have actually been mentioned in communion already. Now, first off, the brother thanked me for the message and then he gave me $100. Now, I, wish, I really wish he had given me $100. He didn't. He just thanked me for the message. But <laughs> he thanked me for the reminder that when God's pruning, it's for a reason, yeah? That it's actually for our good. Um, that it makes us more like his son, Jesus. That it makes us more fruitful. That it makes us stronger. And as he, as he was sharing, what he began to share was that he had been through a season yeah, in his life that actually had, a, it had pain. There was, there was pain involved in the season. There were relationships that were strained. Yeah? Relationships that were strained that he never thought would have been strained. And in that particular season, asking questions about what was going on, it seemed like God was silent or distant. Not that he was, but in relation to that, it seemed that just God was a, a, a little bit quiet on the storm front. And then he shared these words. As you were sharing last week, God was actually beginning to work on me, talking to me. And he took that season, and he, he explained it like this. He goes, he took that season and he turned it around. Yeah? He physically used, used his hands and he goes, he took that season and he turned it around and as he started to turn it around as I looked into that season I could see what what was going on I could see what God was doing he goes it was a pruning season he goes all this this time I've been struggling with what I'd went through the pain that I experienced trying to work out what was it all for why did it happen yeah and 
I don't know about any of you, but whenever you're in a season like that, sometimes, not that you blame God, but you sort of blame God or ask God what he's doing, you know? Like, this isn't the way it's supposed to turn out. I was supposed to get that job. I was supposed to get that new car, you know? Um, My kids are supposed to obey me every day, not once a year, you know, like all that sort of stuff, yeah? You just, you have that moment, those conversations with God. And maybe, maybe most of you don't. Maybe it's just me, yeah? Maybe it's just me having those moments. But fortunately for me, this brother has had similar moments. And he goes, but as, 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 as he started to turn the season around, I started to see God and I realised that, that he was never against me. He wasn't working against me. All this time while I've been going through all that stuff, he goes, God has been working for me. Yeah? All this time, God has actually been working for me. He's actually been preparing me for the next season. He doesn't know what the next season is, but he goes, I now can see that God loves me and I can see what was going on. You couldn't see that before. See, that, that is a revelation moment. Yeah? That's a moment that God reveals to us. And at that moment, the brother that I was speaking to, his eyes were open to something that he couldn't see before. At that moment, Papa chose to reveal what he was doing and what he was up to, you know? And it left him in a place where his love for God has actually grown. He goes, it, it just, it always blows my mind how much God loves me. And just when I think I understand it, he shows me again how much more he loves me, yeah? We sang it this morning, didn't we? He is faithful. Yeah. Can we put it up on the screen for a minute? He's faithful. He's glorious. He's Jesus. And all my hope is in him. He's faithful. I realised when I was chatting to my brother that yes, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But when it comes to us, if we can grab hold of this, the best is yet to come. See, we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Yeah? It's ever-increasing. You're not transformed into his likeness full stop. Yeah? It's ever-increasing. We go from one level of glory to the next, from one level of strength to the next. Yeah? So I, I love the thought that when it comes to God, the best is yet to come because Father God is always preparing us for the next season, even if we don't know what that season is. Graham Cook has got a great quote, and he goes, there are no problems in the kingdom. I think I've shared this here before. He goes, there are no problems in the kingdom, because the kingdom is the kingdom. There are no problems in heaven. There are no problems in the kingdom. There are just possibilities. So when we talk about on earth as it is in heaven, we're talking about just that. There There are no issues. There are no problems. There are no circumstances or situations. There are possibilities, as he puts it. So it dawned on me that often when we're going through stuff, when we feel like God's distant, when we find ourselves in a season of pruning or a season of cutting, the best is yet to come because God is just preparing us. You know, the issue with the whole pruning and cutting bit is that it can hurt. It just hurts. You know, you see it. You hit a particular tree and sap comes out. 
You know, hit another tree in that white milky stuff. I think that's the fig tree at mum's place. You know, it comes out. It hurts. Cutting hurts. Cutting bruises. It, it just doesn't feel nice. It stirs up emotions sometimes. Sometimes it brings to memories, memories to the forefront of our minds, hurts and pains that we'd hoped that we'd forgotten. And often in the midst of that, the, the, you know, in the, in the midst of that pruning season, sometimes there's shame, sometimes there's trauma, sometimes there's shock. And again, it could just be me. Sometimes in the midst of the stuff that we're going through or that God's trying to work on in our lives, but we can't see Papa in the midst of the pain. Yeah? Like you can't see, you know, the, the, you can't see the, the forest through the trees. Is that the right way to put it? Yeah? We can't hear Daddy in the midst of the loss that we're going through. We just can't tell what he's up to. But I've got to reiterate this morning because this is for somebody. God is good all the time. Yeah? And all the time, God is good. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. The pruning season may stir up feelings and emotions and a sense of pain. And because of that, we miss what Father's doing, but he's actually doing something. We just need to realize, if we can understand that he's actually doing something, then we just need to hold on long enough so that he can finish the work that he started. You ever seen a half-pruned tree? Half-pruned plant? There is one in my yard. There's actually plenty in my yard. Seriously, there are some real shockers in my yard. I should have taken some photos. Then you would have felt sorry for me and I would have had a working bee where people can help me restore what God had intended for Fort Allenby Court. But um, a half-pruned tree or plant it's not a good looking thing in our lives when we don't allow God to finish it when we don't hold on long enough because we can't see or hear what he's doing yeah we, we look half-baked we sound half-baked the truth is the reason why most of us don't like a pruning season is because we're not in control we have no control of it it's really not our choice the best that we can do is present ourselves before the Lord and say listen I'm ready Whatever you want to do, light it up and start cutting away. That's the best that we can do. But the outcome is his. Yeah? What he cuts away is his choice. He's the gardener. He's the one that prunes. He's the, he's the one that cuts. Anyone here like not being in control? <laughs> Most of the arguments at our home, I shouldn't use that word. Most of the disagreements in our home, is <laughs> because a particular person likes to control the situation and the outcome. That person is slowly learning that they can't control the outcome as often as they would like, particularly when it comes to young people. My children, you just can't control stuff. You know? Put your, can you throw your shorts in the wash? Well, the shorts make it into the laundry next to the washing machine, but not quite in the wash. I've got clothes. You know, we like to control things. Most people like to control things. And I don't know a single person that doesn't like, that, that actually likes being not in control. And when we're in a pruning season with God, he's totally in control. We're not in control. You can understand that all of our hopes and our dreams 
You're in a season and God's cutting stuff away. Sometimes you don't even realise it's a pruning season. You've got all these ideas. It could be uni, could be business, could be work, could be relationship, could be you plan to have a thousand children, yeah? Whatever it might be, you've got all these hopes and these dreams and sometimes they feel like they're slipping through your fingers. Ever felt that? Like, seriously. Like, you know, if you haven't, let, let's sit down and talk and I'll point out where you have felt it and you're now ignoring it. Yeah? We've all felt where sometimes where our hopes and dreams just don't seem to be coming to pass and we're not in control of the outcome. We would like to be, we would love to be, but we're, we're just not. Yeah? It just seems in life we constantly go through this thing where we're not in control of the outcome. <laughs> But here's something else that I learned. When Father God is at work, he's the only one that's in control because he's the only one that knows the destination. Yeah? I know, I know the plans I have for you. I know yeah, that they're to prosper you. I know they're for good. I, he's the only one that knows. So when he's doing a work in our life, we feel like, man, we've got no control of this and if it's in a pruning season... It's really scary stuff. It's really scary stuff. We just have to trust him. We just have to hold on for the ride. We just have to remember that he's the one in control. See, we can miss and understand so much of the journey of faith because we're focusing on the stuff that's being cut, the stuff that's, that we're losing, the pain that we're feeling. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this. This is what the, scripture mean, uh, the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, yeah? No ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Sometimes you're in a season, no eye has seen, yeah? You can't see what's going on. You have no idea why you're there. It says no ears have heard. Sometimes you're in a season of pruning and cutting and pain and loss and anguish and just, just frustration. You're just in this place. And you can't even hear where you're supposed to be heading, what's supposed to be happening. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, yeah? And no mind has imagined what God has prepared for us. See, when we're in a pruning season, because we can't see what's going on, because we don't understand what's going on, we actually focus on where we're at rather than focusing on God. And it's God himself that's saying, actually, hold on a minute, you won't be able to perceive what's happening, what I've got prepared for you. Yeah, we miss what's happening because of the pain. We miss what's happening because of the change. We once did this, but now we don't. We once had this, but no longer. And we get caught in that place of this stuff in our lives being cut and pruned and you know, God's doing a work, but we don't realise he's doing a work because we're just caught in the pain and the loss and the heartache. Does that make any sense? I, I, I want to bring to the table the fact that your life at times is completely out of control. And because it's out of control, you focus on the fact that it's out of, the, out of control rather than realising that there is one who is in control because he's the only one that knows the destination. Yeah? So when we're in the, the middle of a pruning and cutting season and, and things feel like they're out of control, out of our control, 
We just need to know that God's doing a work. We need to understand that he's doing a work. There needs to be a revelation moment like when I spoke to my brother when he said, and as God started to turn it around, I started to see, hey, he's not. He's not against me. He's, what did we sing? He's faithful. Yeah. He's not working against the things that I want. He's faithful. <laughs> and that's when Father works best. You, right through the Bible, you've got these moments where stuff's out of control. You think about Moses. Moses is being born in a time where, where every is, Israelite boy, child, Pharaoh has asked that they'll be killed. Yeah? He's asked that they'll be killed. It actually says later that, you know, in Exodus 2, that Moses' mum takes him and puts him in a basket and puts him into the Nile. Now, who knows that a basket is not a boat? Who knows that a basket doesn't have a rudder? Who knows that a basket doesn't have a steering wheel? Who knows that a newborn baby, even if it did have a steering wheel and a rudder, can't actually turn the steering wheel? Who knows that God's plan to save the children of Israel is completely out of Moses' control, the chosen one. Sitting on a river, see ya, goodbye hopes, goodbye dreams, stuck in slavery forever. Yeah? Just going down the river. But God knows the destination. God knows where the basket's going to stop. God knows who's going to be there to grab baby Moses and then actually, with all of the stuff that's happening, ends up calling Moses' mother to come and nurse him for three months anyway. But at the time, if anyone knew God's plan, you would have thought, this is ridiculous. You've lost the plot. This is out of control. You've pruned back too much. You should have put him in a horse and chariot and pointed him this way at least. There was, you know, some control, but this was no control. See, sometimes when our lives feel out of control, we need to know that the best is yet to come, that he is faithful, that he is glorious. You know, this is for someone here today. Sometimes you feel like your life's out of control and you don't understand the season that you're in. But I just need to say, whoever it's for, when I was preparing this message, it was just so clear, yeah? God is in control. He knows the destination. He knows the loss. He knows what's been cut away. He understands the pain. He's got it. He's good, and he's good all the time. You can't see it. You can't hear it. You can't even imagine it. But Daddy has a plan for you. And eventually... Eventually, as he turns that thing, yeah, you'll see he's, he's not against me. He's not working against me. He's actually for me. He loves me all this time. He's, he's been doing stuff to make me more and more like his son Jesus. Getting me ready for the next season. Yeah, You think about that whole story with Moses and being placed into a basket and just, hey, let's just go down the river. Yeah, Easy stroll for a baby. Eventually, God's outcome, God's plan, that only God knew the destination of, yeah? Moses was the saviour to an entire nation, yeah? Led an entire nation out of slavery. 
Moses. But at that time, his life was completely out of his control. Sometimes we just can't see it. That's why it says in Romans 8, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God. You've got to read the scripture, the context of the scripture. And we know that God causes everything to work together, it says, for the good. To work together for the good. That means he will take stuff that is good and he will take stuff that's not good and he blends them together to work together for the good. Yeah, He takes what's dead and he takes what's alive and when he puts it together, he works it together for the good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He knows the destination. He's the only one that's in control. So I know that we don't like pruning. I know that we don't like the cutting process in season. I know that we're in a, when we're in a place that we can't see and we can't hear and we don't understand what's going on, I just need to speak life today for someone that you need to hold on and allow him to finish the process that he started in you, yeah? yeah very good. Yep. Hmm. What about Noah in Genesis yeah, like God's going to wipe out mankind. Yeah, he's going to wipe out mankind. And he chooses a family to save mankind. And he places them and gets him to build an ark, right? An ark. Did you know, by the way, that ark and basket, those two scriptures, is the same Hebrew word? By the way, just putting it out there, yeah? So he gets him to build an ark. There's no rudder. There's no steering wheel. It's just a big basket with lots of animals in it, yeah? And he puts it there on the ground. He brings the waters. It's a flood. And there is the hope of mankind floating aimlessly on the water. Absolutely no control. Sometimes that's just our lives. No one knew, totally knew, yeah, that God was in control. We just need to know that God's in control. The pruning process isn't nice. The cutting process can hurt. And we focus on the pain. We focus on the loss. We focus on all the stuff that's that's just not healthy and good. All we need to know is that God's in control. He is always in control, even when it looks like our lives are out of control. Who's ever felt like hopes and dreams have floated away? Like, who's felt that? Yeah, like you just do. You just sometimes you just do. I always hoped that I would be this, you know, male model. No, I didn't, but it was just easy to pick on, you know. I'm still working on that six pack. It's just fermenting under there. <laughs> I reckon that's how Noah felt. I reckon that's exactly how he felt. I'm supposed to save a nation. I'm supposed to, you know, procreate. I'm supposed to, you know, repopulate the entire world. And here I am on a boat and I can't get off it. This is ridiculous. Yeah? And if he had seagulls on the ark, could you imagine them? Mine, 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 mine. Like they would have been painful. Seagulls just would have been painful. Think about what he went through. Like seriously, he's on a boat with all these animals and birds. Yeah, really. Now, I believe that happened. I believe they found evidence of it. But I just think of some of the animals that would have been on there. Really. 
Oh, the skunks are getting happy. You know, you can just imagine. We can't even steer. It's just, we're just out there, out of control. God, I know this is your plan, but wow, are you serious about this? We could have done it better, but the pruning process is needed because it's the only thing that will, will propel us into all that Father God has for us. For those that went here last week, we talked about the bow and arrow, you know, and God pulls back the bow and there's strain and there's heartache. The target's over there. And sometimes when we're being pruned and we're being cut and we're being in a season that we don't understand, it feels like we're actually being pulled away from the destination that we'd always sought, always desired. Yeah, But it's in that process of pulling back. It's in that process of cutting back. It's in that process of strain and pain Yeah, that when he lets go, we're catapulted in and we hit the target that he always set, the destination that he set. You know, sometimes where there's pain and where there's hurt and heartache, they are often the times that Papa's doing the greatest work in us and we just don't see it. Yeah? And we just don't see it. In Genesis, I want to finish with this because I just want to speak hope. In Genesis 35, you read the story about Rachel and Rachel's about to give birth. Um, but she's in pain. She's about to die. If you read, read, read the story, Rachel's about to die. And in fact, after she gives birth, she does die. Yeah? And it says it was a really hard labour for her. But in the throes of her pain and the labour, a midwife says, don't despair. Don't despair. You've given birth to another son. Don't despair. You've given birth to another son. In her pain... She just gave birth to the promise of God. Yeah? In her pain, she just gave birth to the promise of God. It, for her, she needed someone to show her. And sometimes we just need people around us that can say, I understand you're not seeing it. I understand that you're not feeling it. But right at this moment, right now, God's bringing to pass and birthing the promise in your life. You know, sometimes we just need that. But I love the fact that if you actually read the scripture, she names her son Ben-Oni. Yeah? Now Ben-Oni, Ben is the son of. It's the word that they use, Hebrews use for the son of. And Oni, they would suggest that in this particular case, Rachel named her son Ben-Oni, which means son of sorrow. Because she'll never be able to hold her son. She'll never be able to see her son grow up. She'll never see him play cricket or football. She'll never see him go to school. She'll never see him get married. He's the son of sorrow, Ben-Oni. Yeah? But Oni, yeah, and this is where I, th I believe with a couple of other theologians, Oni means something else too. See, the root, the root word for Oni can mean something else. So often in life, we can, all we focus on is the pain and the loss and the heartache, yeah? and we don't see what God's actually doing. Because in the middle of her pain, she gave birth to the promise of God. Oni also means, the, other root, the same root word for Oni also actually means strength or vigor. Yeah? So in her greatest moment of sorrow, she also discovered her greatest moment of strength. 
Yeah? And I just want to speak life into this house today, particularly for some of you that feel like you're in the pruning season, the cutting season. You may not understand where you're at. You cannot see it. Yeah? You cannot hear it. You can't even imagine it. Yeah? But your greatest strength is going to come out of your greatest sorrow. Yeah? And that's even before Jacob decides to call him Benjamin. There's goodness in God all the time. He's got a plan all the time. He's in control of your life all the time. He knows the destination for you all the time. Yeah? Why don't we stand? The best is yet to come. He's always faithful. He's always faithful. <laughs> Problem is we just can't see it at times. Problem is we can't hear it at times. Problem is we can't imagine it at times. But I've got to love verse 10. Yeah, Verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 2, you don't have it spent, so I'm sorry. Says Because verse 9 reads, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But 10, verse 10, but, it says but, it says but, I love it. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Like the conversation I had with my brother who said, and, and, and as, I, as you were talking, God started to speak and he took the situation and, and it started to move and I started to see what God was doing. He wasn't against me, he was for me. Yeah, though it was a time of pain, now in the revelation of the moment, there's this wondrous yeah, joy, this wondrous strength. We've got to hold on to the fact that that's our God for us. Amen? Why don't we just close our eyes for a moment? Because I want us to pray. There, are some, there is someone in the house that just feels like their life is out of control. I don't know who it is. I really, I have no idea who it is. But there are times in your life where you just feel like it's out of control. You feel like your hopes and your dreams are leaving. You feel like they're lost. It's not happening the way that you perceived it. But I want to speak life today just to say that he is good all the time. And he will reveal it to you by his spirit in his time. Amen. Father, in this place right now, God, we know that you're doing the work. Hey, Ollie, are you here just for some keys? I'd play it, but I can't. I could probably hit one. It just doesn't have the same effect. I'm sorry. There are people here today that have felt like some of their dreams and hopes have been dashed and they're finished and they're gone. But like Rachel, as she gave her last breath, the promise of God was breathing its first. Yeah. Sometimes in our life there are things that need to die so that something else can live and it's painful and it doesn't make sense, but there's a God who understands there's a God who is there all of the time because he's good all of the time. He has a plan and a purpose for your life that he knows. And it's a good plan and it's a good purpose and it's to help prosper you, not just the person next to you. 
It's to allow you to live a life of freedom, not of despair. You've got to understand how God's wisdom works. Ross shared it this morning when he pointed to the cross. Who else would be mad enough to create a symbol of hope out of a symbol of despair? Where the greatest despair that God would ever have felt when his son was dying became the beacon of hope for the rest of us. Your greatest strength is going to be birthed out of your greatest sorrow. You just need to hold on to God long enough to allow Him to finish the good work that He started in you. So Father, now I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would work on the heart, Lord, and the mind of those that God have have been in places of desperation, uncertainty. And I pray, Lord God, that from this moment there would be clarity. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to reveal, that you would bring a revelation moment where there's an understanding of God. You're not absent. You haven't been working against me. You've actually been working for me. You've actually been on my side. You've been trimming away and cutting away to make me more into the image of your Son with ever-increasing glory. See, today you stand where you are today, as you are today, because God has done a work in you. The revelation that he wants to bring into your heart is to reveal where you're now at in comparison to where you once were. And that strength will be a strength that will not only just affect you, it will affect those around you. Moses had no control of where he was going to end up. Yet God's plan, God's purpose, had him save an entire nation. Noah couldn't control that big basket if his life depended on him. But trusting in you, he brought life to a world that God was ready to wipe out. God was always in control. God always had the destination. We just now need to allow him to pull back hard enough on that bow. And we just need to hold on tight enough that when he lets go, we're catapulted into our next season to hit the target that he'd always purposed for us. Amen. So Father, with every person in this house right now, I pray that you would begin to release dreams. Lord, that you would begin to release visions, God. Father, that you would stir hope again. That, Father, hope would stir from, Lord, from the deep, deepest depths of our bellies. That hope would stir coming through, Lord, into our hearts. There would be an overwhelming sensation, Lord, within ourselves that like we're going to burst. Lord, as you start to bring, Lord, pictures, Father, to the forefront of our minds. Lord, that our imagination would begin to work overtime. That we'd start to see the things that we dreamed about as young boys and young girls, as young people. Lord God, that you would start to show us again what it was that you birthed in us once. Lord, that you would begin to fan into flame. Lord, that we would take the despair and the hope. Lord, that we would realise that we are brand new people. That in that despair and through that despair and hope, now we are made strong. And Lord, with new vision, with new sight, with new clarity that you will reveal by your spirit 
Lord, we will allow you to pull us back and to stretch us and to strain us, knowing that when the time's right, you're going to let us go to fulfill our destiny. Father, I pray for every person that's had deep hurt and deep pain, not understanding the pruning process that they've been in. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring a cleansing balm to their soul right now. That there would be no questioning, Father, no pointing of the finger to you because of things that have felt like they've gone astray. But instead, Lord God, there would be a realigning of your Holy Spirit. Church, can I just ask, wherever you're standing, can you place your, your hand on somebody next to you? If there's somebody alone, maybe move to where there are others. If you can see someone alone, can I ask that you just go to them now? Whoever you are, if you see someone alone, just go and place your hand on their shoulder and just speak life. Speak life. Within you is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Just begin to speak life. Begin to speak that God would again reignite the hopes, the dreams, the passions, the visions that people have had from their childhood. That all sorrow would be swept away. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Continue to release. Continue to heal, Lord God. Show people, Father, where it is that you want them to go. Show them the gifts that they carry that they've been unaware of, Lord. Release them in their God-given destiny. Lord, even when it feels like they have no control, remind them that you are the only one who is in control. That you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. Lord God, in this room, in this house, as your bride, regardless of our demographic, regardless of our ethnicity, regardless of our age, you have a plan for us and a job for us. Lord God, a purpose for us to fulfill in Jesus' name. While you continue to pray, I was just reminded then by my wife, a word that came up during our prayer time this morning. And the word, the word was this, it's never too late. It's never too late to be made aware of what God is doing in your life. It's never too late yeah, for Him to let you go when He's got you in that boat that you'll hit your target. It's never too late to serve Him. It's never too late to fulfill your destiny. It's never too late to fulfill your hopes. It's never too late to see your dreams come to pass. It's never too late. <laughs> Father, as people lay hands on one another, Lord God, we want to seal this prayer right now in this house, that it's never too late. That though some of us may have been through some terrible sorrow, that because of that, Father, we will now experience some of our greatest strength. Father, that we will walk in a way that we would never have been able to had we not gone through the darkness. Father, we thank you for your wisdom. Lord God, not man wisdom, where the cross, God, a symbol of despair, is a symbol of hope to a generation of people across the world. So, Father, we thank you.
you should just get a mic. <laughs> We're being reminded that there is no expiry date on the promises of God. And so I want to speak that into your life today. There, are, there is no expiry date on the promises of God for your life. Amen. So, Father, we seal this prayer. We decree it and we speak it into the heavens that, Father, we will be a people that will hold on to you even when life feels like it's out of control. That we would be, Father, a people, Lord, within this city of ours that will hold on to you with, with such grip, Lord God, knowing that you are doing a work in us, that you are preparing us for the season to come, that you are ready to catapult us into our destiny, that we will see an entire nation saved and changed in Jesus' name. So amen. Have a great Sunday. Watch out for that revelation moment because it's coming in Jesus' name. He is faithful and he is glorious.